Hi guys, it's Jill, and welcome back to the Equine in Theory podcast, or I guess I shall say welcome to the Equine in Theory podcast if you've never listened before. And uh, this week I kind of want to talk about um, change in horses, so vague. Let's get into it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, guys, so this is sort of an impromptu uh, episode because I just got inspired to talk about this. And so I was like, grab the microphone, grab the computer, let's get going. I got to talk about it, got to get it out. <laughs> so um, I've had a few experiences recently with Mac and Zoe that just are like the most heartwarming, wonderful, like mind-blowing, make me want to cry and like squeeze them until they pop, <laughs> like feelings of all time. Um, so I'm going to talk about the one with Zoe first. Also, fair warning, I have no idea where this podcast is heading. I haven't the slightest idea. Usually I have like an idea of what I want to talk about, but I've never been diligent enough to write bullet points. Um, you guys can let me know via email, equineintheory at gmail.com or, uh, any other way you'd like to let me know because, uh, if my podcast need to be more structured, um... But no guarantees, because that's probably not going to happen, but you can let me know if it's really a problem, then I'll, I'll get better about it. But anyway, so I want to talk about these experiences that I have had with the ponies. So, a um, little bit of backstory. A few days ago was when the, the Zoe moment happened, and um, my boss had um, like a vet tech out to draw blood for Coggins, um, and so my boss, Sonny, was like, yo, Last time I tried to hold this stud, uh, the mares were, like, right by the fence, so if you could, like, go keep them away from the stud, that would be great. Okay, so I guess I should explain a little bit. Okay, so there's, like, a big eye away between the stud and the mare pastures, um, but Zoe and Rosie are on the opposite side of the aisle way, and then on the other side, there's an individual stud pin and then another one. So when they tried to draw blood on Souls, which is the horse's name, um, he got all excited because the mares were like right up beside him. He was like, ooh, getting my, my groove on today. <laughs> Sorry, I hope I don't have young listeners. <laughs> I apologize. Um, anyway, um, so she was like, just keep them away while we draw the blood. It won't take very long. And I was like, okay, sick. So Zoe already was like a ways out in her pasture. So I just opened the gate and of course she picked up her head and was like, what are you doing? Hmm? do you have a treat bag on you? (laughs) And so I shut the gate and when we made eye contact, I held up my hands and I was like, I don't have anything because for some reason I feel like when I like 
speak to her she understands me which i know is like totally anthropomorphic and like not the case at all and totally a fairy tale but you know what good luck trying to convince my brain to do other things because it doesn't happen i just speak <laughs> and so i was like i'm sorry i don't have anything but i ran over to her because she normally like walks up to meet me and i didn't want her walking up you know because there's a stud there so i walked or jogged all the way out to the pasture so that she would stop walking because if i move faster she's like oh so you're gonna come to me today cool so <laughs> um i jogged out there and i walked up to her and of course she like patted me down and was like wait there's no no treat bag guess we're not training today and um so then she settled for some scratches and i just loved up on her rubbed on her eyes which is her favorite she said oh yes rub my eyes which i can't can't blame her I, when i'm like in the shower especially rubbing my eyes is like oh so nice um and you know they're all sweaty and itchy so um I just scratched under her chest, which is also one of her favorite spots, and up on her wither, and scratched her shoulder a little bit, and Sunny was like, okay, we're good, and I was like, okay, so I gave her a little pat, scratched her for a little longer, and I said, okay, all done, because <laughs> I was going to go help them with other horses, so I was hoping that by taking off running, Zoe being the rather lazy <laughs> individual that she is, that she would not follow me I, because you know normally if I walk away I gotta like hold down my hand you know when we're training and I gotta like hold down my hand and like wait on her to calibrate and then she'll start walking because she's, she's just a little lazy but I took off running and <laughs> I hear like you know sound of galloping horse behind me and I was like oh my god like it totally I was not expecting it at all and I turned around and I was like oh because she was like coming straight for me and I was like what are you doing and um so then i kept jogging and then the vet techs and uh sunny all turned around and i was like i was like i can't get her to leave me alone <laughs> like, and um it was so funny because then we both just jogged up to the gate side by side and then of course i got suckered into standing there for like 10 years longer and turning my hands black by scratching every inch of like dried sweat off of her body because no matter how many baths I give her within like 30 minutes she's totally covered in sweat again because it is so unbelievably hot and humid here so uh yeah but I told I just like scratched her scratched her neck and scratched her chest and scratched her face and I scratched her shoulders and her back and like up under her belly and then on her hindquarters and just everywhere and freed up all that hair and all the good stuff and um she really appreciated it because she had her little lip going the whole time she was like thank you so much and then um I hate to just like leave without because then she's like what did I do to make all of the good things go away um that's negative punishment for you science science nerds out there um but I didn't want to, like, do that unintentionally. And we've kind of got this little routine. Like, if I run out of treats or something or, like, um, say I give her a bath and my treat pouch gets a little low by the time I turn her back out, I give her this, like, a little finger, like a weight, and uh, she follows me over to this trough. And um, I run into the barn and get a scoop of alfalfa pellets and put them out for we have a whole little system and it's actually quite funny because if I ever start to annoy her or frustrate her or something's not making sense to her her way of choosing to end the session she just walks over to where like this big trough where I'm normally in the session and she just like goes over there and stands by it and like essentially taps her foot and looks at her watch she's like 
are you done? <laughs> so um, it's a very clear, you need to reevaluate, ma'am. So, um, but anyway, that didn't happen that day. It was just really nice that like, I don't know, I just, I didn't have anything on me and she knew that and I was just scratching her a little bit and it was like maybe 10 seconds and then I took off running and she was like, whoa, whoa, where are you going? And I don't know, it just makes my heart warm. And, you know, obviously I can't ever understand her intentions. Maybe she thought that I was going to retrieve the treat. Who knows? Or maybe she just said, wait, where are you going? I need a buddy. I want to do something. So, I don't know. It's not my duty to analyze the the interworkings of the horse's brain. It's just to try and understand them and communicate to them as best I can. I think, I don't know, you know what I mean, like, I can't know what she's thinking, but I can, like, try, you know what I'm saying, it's a thing. Anyway, so, (laughs) the thing with Mac was, um, that happened earlier today, I'm recording this on Sunday, it's currently almost 10.30 p.m., oh my goodness, I have got to go to bed, um, but I just, I really wanted to get this episode out while it's, like, fresh, I'm inspired, because that rarely ever happens to me anymore, because, oh my goodness, all my creative energy has just been zapped this summer for some reason, except for reading eight books in one month, that, I don't know if that's creative, but that did happen, (laughs) but anyway, unfortunately, just kidding, I'm not anywaying, unfortunately, none of them were, uh, science-y books, except for one. One was about horses. That was it. (laughs) I just needed a break. You know, sometimes when you pour your energy into stuff, like, full force, you get really burnt out really quickly. And so you gotta take a step back, do something else for a little bit, and then dive back in full force when you get inspired again. And currently I have the luxury of being able to do that, so I take full advantage of it. Not being lazy, just like, you know, when I need a break, when my brain has had enough of energy or uh, information intake. That's what we do. Okay, moving on to the point of this conversation. Um, is it a conversation, though? <laughs> Hilarious. I should be a comedian. Um, I worked with Mac today unintentionally because I, I went into the feed room to fill up my treat pouch as per usual, and I was fingers crossed that he had not been turned out yet because when they're turned out, sometimes the clicker ponies say, you, thou shall not pass without training. <laughs> And I can't resist. Like, obviously, I could, like, do something about that. But when they ask, what am I going to do? Say no. I can't destroy enthusiasm like that. It would break their hearts and it breaks mine. (laughs) The idea. So, um, anyway, so the setup is, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the setup of this farm. I posted quite a few videos. But where our jumps are set up is where Mac and Ruler get turned out at night. So, um, as they're on the stall during the day in front of fans being luxurified, I guess, I don't know, my stance on stalls has gotten funny, but that's not what this podcast is about. Um, so we had him turned out and I walked up to the gate and I was bummed cause I was like, dang it. Cause I have to walk through his paddock to get to Juno's paddock. And I was like, I might get intercepted, <laughs> but, um, he was in the corner directly across from the gate and he looked up at me, and then he kept, he was, like, playing in a bush <laughs> for some reason. I couldn't tell if he was eating it, but he was, like, pawing at it. But it was, like, it came up, like, past his chest. I don't know where that bush came from. God, I've never seen it before, but it was there. And he was just playing in it. And I was like, okay, well, maybe he's more interested in the bush than me today. So I was like, yes, I get to go work with the one I need to work with. Um, so I look down and start unclipping the gate clip, and I hear 
cantering. And I look up and here comes Mac barreling straight towards me. And I was like, you are such a goob. He was like, I knew what you were thinking. You weren't going to walk up to me. Do you hear my, that voice crack? Good lord. I need to go through puberty sometime. Um, <laughs> anyway, so he came cantering up towards me. And then he, like, got on the rocks and he's missing a shoe. And he's poor tenderfoot little baby thoroughbred in our farriers hard to get a hold of and hard to keep consistent sometimes so Mac doesn't have the best feet at the moment but it is something that is being worked on we are doing everything in our power because <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know this about me but I'm not a farrier so I can't <laughs> I'm working on that too trust me lots of things in the works maybe I will be able to barefoot shoe a horse at some point that would be nice right because then I wouldn't have to pay a farrier but anyway derailing again apologies so he like gets on the rocks and he just like held up his foot and was like ouch so I gave him some treats and I looked at his foot and like nothing was in it and I cleaned it out and um led him over to the grass and did some head lowering and um I also were I took this opportunity to work on something that we've um been working on because um Mac may or may not have a potential buyer you didn't hear it from me um <laughs> but um uh he's gonna need to be chiropracted at some point because they use a chiropractor and even if they end up not then he needs to be chiropracted we have a chiropractor and um i recalled as i was having a conversation with his new potential buyer that um he does really does not like it when you lock your hands around his pole and um, because we had a, um, a chiropractor come out and um, I was instantly like, this is not going to go well. <laughs> I haven't worked on that at all. And it was like right when we had first like started with Mac. And um, he just like, because he was so head shy when we first got him and especially ear shy and pull shy, like no touching up there. That has been like a recent past like four month thing that I've been able to touch up there. And, um, but now it's really consistent, which is great, but it took a long time to get him confident that I wasn't going to grab his ear and like yank it or hit him or whatever they did to him up there. Um, so this chiropractor long time ago, like when they adjust the horse's pole, the chiropractor stands with their body facing the horse's chest and reaches up one arm opposite side of the horse's neck and the other over. So like they're doing like a big O above their heads with the horse's head under their arms. I hope that makes sense. I'm terrible ex at explaining things like that. That's not how my brain works. I can draw you a picture of it, but I cannot explain it. <laughs> um, but anyway, so to, in order to adjust the pole, they have to like lock their hands over it. And that was not going well. And Mac was like kind of popping up a little bit and he was like starting to get frustrated and afraid and it, it was just not good. So the chiropractor ended up like knowing that and was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to die. And I was like, okay, sick. So um, as I'm talking to the potential buyer, I was like, I need to work on that because <laughs> uh, he needs to be able to be adjusted up there. Because knowing him as much as he likes to play and sling his head around, that needs to be adjusted. So, um, I'm sure he gets out in his pole. So that's why I'm saying it needs to be adjusted. Sorry, backtracking. And I don't want to edit this. <laughs> um, so I started in a stall. Sorry, I'm totally detracting from what I was originally talking about, but that's what podcasts are about. You know, free flowing thought, man, get with the groove. Peace, love. Um, is there something else? Peace, love. What? Is there something else? 
you know what? Peace and love, friends. Okay. Anyway, he, so I started in a stall and just started by rubbing up his neck with one hand, then rubbing over his pole onto his forehead and then an ear. And then I would rub all the way over with my arm. And then eventually I just removed that arm entirely and then took my other arm up the opposite side of his neck. Um, as I'm standing on the opposite side. So it's like coming around like surprise. I just scratched my couch. Swear that was not flatulence. (laughs) Um, And so I reached up around and grabbed on one side and scratched his neck. And uh, obviously I'm clicking and treating for him standing and not raising his head after every single one of these. Um, Eventually working up to where I can reach up with one arm on the opposite side of his neck and lock my fingers and apply pressure and wait a few seconds without him moving, which is incredible. Like a few months ago, that would not have been possible. And I am so proud of the strides he's made because, oh my God, this horse is, he's come so far from being a horse that I was mildly afraid of when we first got him to a horse that I love and enjoy working with more than 90% of the horses I've worked with in my life. So it's, it's really awesome to see how far he has come. But, um, yeah, so I, when I was out in the pasture with him today, I had only, I've only worked on that specific behavior a few times, um, like within a few or in a few separate sessions. Uh, I think it was like maybe four or five days and he caught on to it super fast. He was like, cool. I just stand here with my head chill. (laughs) And so, uh, I worked on it out in the pasture, which I had yet to do because I'd always worked on it in a stall. I did, um, have Sonny, my boss, um, try it to generalize to other people and he was totally chill with it. So I was like, yes, success, good training. And, um, so yeah, I worked on that a little bit did some cheek targeting and head lowering and then I left him a big old pile of treats because I was like, I do not need you to follow me because I have got to go work with Juno. So I left him there, went to work with her. Um, I talked about her last week and how far she's coming along. So I was just doing the same thing with her, just scratching all over her body and working on her standing still, being comfortable with me, scratching her shoulder and her belly and her haunches and like assessing that level of comfort and just getting her comfortable. I don't know how many more times. Take a shot every time I say comfortable. Um, so I'm working with her and I got about three minutes into it when I see Mac pick up his head and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And he, um, he starts walking and he's got power walk going like his head swinging. I see that little tail switch and his booty's coming. He says, I'm coming. And, uh, then he started trotting and he made a beeline straight for me (laughs) and looked over the fence at me and Juno and was like, Hello. And I was like, oh my god, okay. Juno's not particularly invested in me at this point, so I was like, eh, can't pass up the cuteness. So I went ahead and ended my session with Juno and then worked a little bit more with Mac. And I felt so bad for him because he was missing a shoe, but he was still like, I'm a canner and trot all over to you all day long. And I was like, I feel so bad for you. And then after I got done there, I left him a little pile of treats, and then he followed me and walked me back to the gate, and I was like, fine, I'll go get you a flake of alfalfa. You talked me into it, you leave me no choice, you got a gun to my head, there's nothing I can do. So, um, I snuck him a flake of alfalfa. I hope Sonny doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) But he appreciated it, and I love him, so he deserved it. And he was extra cute today. But I think what I really want to talk about is, is that, like, 
you know, even within that behavior that I totally tangented into about being able to have his head grabbed, like, that's, I feel like that's a relatively vulnerable position for a horse to be in, like, your arms locked around their neck and applying pressure, like, that, that is not something I thought would come for a long time with Mac, and, um, you know, Zoe was never a horse that was like, don't leave me, she was always like, okay, bye, like, whatever, I mean, she just always seemed indifferent, and Max certainly, when I, when I first started working with him, um, he, he would like, you know, maybe saunter over to me after I'd started clicker training. But before that, he was like, I don't want to be anywhere near people. Trying to halter him or work with him was just like, I mean, he was, he acted like he was feral because he was so afraid of what people would do. And, um, now I have this horse that's like, cantering up to me or trotting up to me even though he may not feel particularly well because he's like hello let's do something and it's just the most heartwarming thing in the world to have horses that are so willing to work I I've worked with a lot of horses over the years and I have never never experienced this like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed amount of let's do something together with horses and um the Zoe thing. I didn't even have treats. Like, I mean, yes, scratches can be reinforcing, but I wasn't there for that long and I didn't do a particularly good job of scratching her until after she chased me. So, and then I had to because it's cute. I'm not sure if I should reinforce that, but it was cute and I can't help it. I don't care about safety. What is that? I want to reinforce cute because I'm a good trainer. Um, but I just, I think it's really incredible the power of connecting yourself with a positive association because, you know, I mean, obviously it's not like this for everyone. And I, when I was doing it at the time, I didn't think I would have, I would not have thought that I fit into this category back then when I was riding traditionally and competing a lot. And, um, you know, I just, I never really realized the kind of association I was making with my horse. And, I never really did anything with her outside of, you know, grabber and rider and, you know, maybe jumper. Um, I did a few round pin sessions with her because I thought join up was magical. Yep, I was one of those. <laughs> round pinner, super cool. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look up join up myth. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just... it. Uh, it's just a whole lot of me being an imposing authority figure and just chasing her around, making her do this and making her do that. And, um, as, and I'm not going to lie to you guys, it is hard. It is really hard some days to stick to this, but you know, it's it, it, the, like moments like that make it so worth it. And, you know, obviously we're not jumping around and winning ribbons at shows. Not that we were before because... <laughs> stress on both of our parts. Um, but it's just, I, I totally get it. Like it is so hard to give that up and, you know, stay true to what you believe in. Because I mean, for me at this point, like this is what I believe in and I want to treat horses this way. And, um, it's what I want to do and it's what I feel is, is right. And, of course, there is some level of negative reinforcement. This is positive reinforcement-based training. But um, I'm not not a purist, as they say, um, because I sometimes do have behaviors that I haven't fully finished yet um, or don't really need to fix 
or retrain with pause. You know what? I'm explaining too much. I don't care. You know what? If you don't like my opinion, go away. <laughs> but um, my point is that it can be really hard to stick to something that's difficult. But when you have small payouts like that, like your horse being like, don't leave. <laughs> like, I'm such a sucker for that for some reason. For some reason, lol. Maybe because it's been my childhood dream forever to have a horse that actually enjoys my presence. Um, but like, I just, I never, I always thought when I was riding and competing that I was being a positive influence on my horse or um, that she would have a positive association with me. And maybe she did. I don't know. I can't really ask her. But all I know is it was a lot of bits and pulling and control. And um, and I say a lot of bits. I use very mild bits on Zoe. I'll have you know. But um, <laughs> just like I just remember so many rides with her swishing her tail incessantly, just like totally tight in the back, frustrated, and like she felt impossible to ride on some days. And, um, you know, we would try to go on a trail ride and on our way back she would be rearing and cantering in place. I am not kidding. It was horrible. It was the most, I wanted a relaxing trail ride and that is not what I got. <laughs> but to be fair, an arena horse out on a trail how could I expect her to be relaxed? Doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, the logic of me back in the day. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it was a lot of me, 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 me. I'm pushing my agenda on you. And now it could be argued that I'm pushing my agenda on her, but she has the total freedom to opt out. Like, if it is not something she wants to do, and like I explained earlier, if she's not feeling it or she doesn't get it, if I'm making it too hard, she's like, bye homegirl, I don't, what are you doing? You're not making any sense. I'm out. And, um, you know, I can usually entice her to trying again after I take a beat and like figure out, okay, what did I do wrong? How can I back this down a, a notch? Um, but I just, I think it's so powerful to have horses that really enjoy spending time with you. And I mean, obviously again, I will caveat that by saying, that is not to say that people who ride traditionally or with negative reinforcement um, don't have that. But I will say, from my personal experience, I have always tried my best to be as kind as possible to my horses. And um, it just... I just... I, I didn't produce the same kind of results that I have now. And um, because, I mean, like, I when I turned around and Zoe was chasing me, or when Mac was you know, making a beeline for me today, both of them had their ears pricked, they were, had, like, nice proud postures, and were excited, and, like, what are you doing, where are you going, what's up, what are we doing, like, it's just, it's, it's a totally different expression than, um, than the one I, I used to get, and, um, you know, I'm not trying to be, like, a, a sales ad here for positive reinforcement, but I do, I, it's just, it's made such an incredible impact on my life and on my horses' lives. Obviously, I'm grouping Mac into that because as of the moment, he is, he is my baby. <laughs> but um, I just, I've seen the way that it's changed Zoe. Obviously, we still have a very long way to go before we are anywhere near where I want us to be. Um, I have lots of big goals and aspirations for us, but Mac has has done a 180. I mean, that horse was terrified of people. And for him to now be a horse who comes running at the prospect of, you know, being worked with, 
And beyond that, when he gets left after he's been worked with, he comes hunting me down for more. Is like, that's just, it's totally unreal to me. I mean, it feels like having dogs. <laughs> like, they're just like, what are we doing? Hello, what's going on? Yes, more, more please. Like, it's, it's so fun because I never thought that I would have that kind of relationship with a horse. It just, it has really made all the difference in the world. And that is why I keep doing what I've been doing. And I'm definitely not the best positive reinforcement trainer out there. I'm definitely not the most dedicated either. Um, as much as I would love to say that all I do is sit up in my house and read books on training theory and study positive reinforcement and read articles online and, um, you know, check all the Facebook groups as often as I can. You know, it, sometimes it just doesn't get done and sometimes I just really don't feel like it. And sometimes I don't train as often as I feel like I should, but it, regardless, what effort I do make has made an incredible, incredible difference in my horse's lives. And, you know, it's not particularly pressing me because I'm like, you know, I got all the time in the world to spend with Zoe, as I hope, you know, and, um, and I would love to become a trainer someday. Um, so I'm going to take my time learning and digesting information and being able to use it um, not on anybody's time, but mine and my horses. And, um, I think that's been a huge revelation for me is just that, like, I can't, can't be comparing myself to others or, you know, especially people who are on different paths and riding and showing and doing everything that normal people do with horses. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously, I would like to get back to riding and hopefully jumping. And I'd love to be able to ride Zoe Bridalis and have her do fun tricks like lay down and bow and, you know, all of the fun things. But I think we'll get there in due time. It's just, it's going to take some more time. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really excited for the future. And I can't wait to learn more and become a more adept trainer and keep pushing and keep learning and keep trying and trying and trying, and I don't know. I just, I, I wanted to share that little snippet of story with you guys, and then I got sappy slash try-hard inspirational at the end, so I hope that you guys um, maybe gleamed something from that. Maybe it inspired you. <laughs> Probably not. Okay, <laughs> well, that, I think, about concludes this podcast. In conclusion... I love ponies, and positive reinforcement slash science is fun. So, yep, that's that's about all the time we got today, folks. So I'm going to leave you to it. I hope that you enjoyed the podcast, had a good stall cleaning slash drive slash hack slash hand walking your horse slash whatever it is that you are doing. That's it. Okay, so be sure if you guys want to check me out on any other social medias to follow me at Jet Equa Theory. My YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter are all the same. I've been more active on Twitter lately, and I'm pretty proud of it. So uh, Jet Equa Theory for, again, stream of consciousness, spur of the moment thoughts, because that's what ends up on Twitter. <laughs> um, so check those out and leave a review for me if you are feeling like you've got some extra time and you want to boost the algorithm Leave a five-star review, because no other review is acceptable. <laughs> I think, maybe, I hope.
please don't leave a four star. I'd be really sad. Okay, that's all. I'm going to stop talking, and I hope that you guys have an awesome rest of your week. Okay, goodbye.